0: Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome in everybody to another edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day, Louie DiBiase joining you alongside Gino Camilleri on this Tuesday edition of the show. It's episode two this week of five. Download it into your phone when you subscribe to Lockdown Eagles on any podcast platform. It can be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Radio.com, you name it. We are available on all platforms five times a week. If you missed Mock Draft Monday, episode five, you can check out yesterday's show on any platform. Also, hit us up on Twitter at birds at Diviase, L-O-E, at GC24 underscore football. Okay, those are our shameless plugs for the day. Let's get into, Gino, today some free agency talk. As we saw around the NFL, a bunch of teams were making decisions on their franchise tag. You saw a big quarterback contract in the NFC East yesterday. Dak Prescott signs a big deal with the Dallas Cowboys. And so next week is the official opening of free agency, the 17th, which is on Thursday. But, again, today you saw teams making some moves, Gino, and I thought it kind of impacted the Eagles, right? You look at the receiver position and the Bears franchise tagged Allen Robinson, the Buccaneers franchise tagged Chris Godwin. So it's going to pick up pretty quick, and it certainly did today.
0: That's the thing with this free agency period is that you're going to see things happen very rapidly and for good reason. I I believe that the decisions have already been made for a few weeks on who is actually going to get cut, and you're starting to see teams – make those moves. You, you look today, hop on the computer today, hop on Twitter, you see Trent Brown is traded for a seventh-round pick back to the New England Patriots. Right. So moves like that that affect big contracts, especially ones that were signed in the last couple years, those decisions are going to be made rather rapidly. And the predicament that a lot of these free agents are in right now is that do they go and try to sign a multi-year deal in Mm -hmm. this year where the cap is so low. Good point. Didn't even think about that. Yeah. Or do you take that one-year deal, which those one-year deals should be pretty straightforward deals. You're not negotiating a lot of years of salary cap. You're not negotiating a lot of years of guaranteed money. They're very straightforward deals. So will it be quick turnaround time from when these guys do hit the free agent market in a few days, once free agency actually starts up and when teams continue to make cuts, is it going to be a quick process? I believe that is going to be the case because if I'm a free agent, there it makes no logistical sense, no economic sense to want to sign a big contract outside of for a team that has a ton of cap space. If you're, if you're looking at like Washington or Jacksonville, for example, but a team like the Eagles, these decisions are going to be quick. Can they afford to play for one year? Can they Mm. afford to play for the veteran minimum a majority of the time with what I perceive is going to be their free agent haul with the amount of money that they have? So it should be pretty straightforward for Philadelphia and what they're going to do in free agency.
1: I was going to say, Gino, what should the Eagles free agency approach be this year? Because they have to spend, or I should say they have to save money, really, not spend it cutting veterans Mm -hmm. to get under the cap. But At the same time, I don't know. I don't think that means they're just going to sit on their hands. I think you actually look at the kind of players Howie Roseman even signs in years where he has salary cap space, that second and third tier free agent, right? Guys that kind of slip under the radar with bigger names at the position, getting big paydays, and maybe they fell out of favor for non-playing reasons, bad scheme fit, coaches don't see them as like their guy. You look at 2016, 2017, the free agents he signed, and the players that he traded for, Brandon Brooks, Roddy McLeod, Timmy Jernigan, Jay Ajayi, Ronald Darby, Alshon Jeffrey. these were players that maybe fell out of favor for, again, non-playing reasons, or they just fell under the radar for bigger free agent names, those second, third-tier free agents. I still think you can kind of target those players.
0: Yeah, that's the exact type of area that I would be looking. I wouldn't be looking at the top, the upper echelon of the right. free agents. As when badly you look as I
1: want the- Kenny Galladay and those kind of players, man, they're going to get paid. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's the thing. They are going to get paid, and a lot of these guys that were on one-year deals last year are most likely going to look forward to get one-year deals this year, and you're looking at that second and third tier for all the different positions, and especially on offense where you're very young at running back, you're very young at quarterback, you're very young at wide receiver, and even tight end. You're going to have to look to this free agent pool Mm -hmm. to even get guys that can play. I mean, you're going to need a tight end to play multiple minutes for you next year that you'll most likely get in this free agency pool. I don't know if it's going to be a big name, but it's got to be somebody. Or if you draft one in this draft, it could be the other end of the thing but at the same time you're going to have to dip into free agency regardless you can't just make your team up of entirely undrafted free agents yep. and a draft class it's exactly. it just how the NFL works you are going to sign guys and how he looks to get into that second and third tier especially with the signings that we've seen from him in the past with guys like Tory Smith I mean he goes out and gets Jay Ajayi towards the last year of his contract uh I mean Uh, Many of the guys that didn't work out in 2018, but there were tons of them, he continues Mm. to follow that mold as well as trying to find guys like those Brandon Brooks of the world where you can bring in off of their first contract to sign them to a long-term deal, but I don't think that's a situation we are currently in, simply looking at numbers.
1: Yeah, I like what you said about you can't just make up this roster of rookies, undrafted free agents. Like, I know this team is not a rebuild. And with that timeline, I think it makes more sense to go after younger players in free agency that are getting that second contract because you can... Backload those deals and when those big cap hits come they're still going to be good players for you and you look at the Eagles are going to have way more salary cap space in 2022 and the NFL cap is going to go up tremendously over the next couple of years like it's at an all-time low in 2021 because of the pandemic so all of that kind of is a recipe for Howie Roseman continuing that strategy of kicking the can down the road so you do want to target more young free agents based on the Eagles timeline but like you said there is a place still for veterans to come into this team, even with the rebuild starting. I mean, they shouldn't be signed to be a part of like the main core anymore. Like that's, you're not building this team through free agency, but at the same time, rebuilds don't take forever. So you're going to need veterans when you're ready to go to play. You saw how quickly the Eagles turned it around after 2015 and to be a good football team, Gino, you need a balance. Like a rebuild doesn't just mean grab every young player at every position. A rebuild means bringing in just the right young players and the right veterans. You look at a team like the Cleveland Browns a couple years ago, they were extremely talented, but I think every starter they had on both sides of the ball was under the age of 25. So you still have to strike that balance.
0: A key term in rebuild is build. And when you go to build a house, you have to have an electrician, a Mm -hmm. carpenter, somebody draw up the blueprints. You can't just go in there and hire 12 electricians and expect them to build your entire house. And that's the same. Especially when they're the all line. brand
1: new electricians. Do you know you got to have a couple guys that know what they're doing?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm yeah. bumping the, all the rookies into one category. So you have to have veterans that can come in here and help build up those individual position groups and teach these young guys how to continue to work because the Deshaun Jacksons are no longer there. The Elshon Jeffries are no longer going to be there. You, um, the Corey Clement, who is the eldest, the eldest their statesman in that running back room is gone, as well as your running back coach. So you're going to have to bring in free agents that are off their first contract, like you had said, are trying to get into their second big contract. Maybe they signed a a one-year deal last year. You look at a guy like Brashad Perriman, for example, had two one-year deals to prove it, and he's still trying to get a team to to buy in on him. You have to make up your team with guys like that that can teach these young guys what to do. Even though they're not the best players in the world, they're still professionals, and they still have been around, know how to prepare from Monday to Saturday. So when Sunday comes, if the young guys are out there, they can be up to par, or if the veteran has to step in, he can help your young quarterback – just be available. Just being a guy that can go out there and run good routes, a guy that could be available in press protection, signing a backup quarterback to teach your young quarterback the way. So you have a lot of different options in this second and t- third tier like you had said that you can really help affect those rooms and help build this team up in a way that with your new coaching staff, you bring in guys that have that same mentality as you are trying to do and go full in on this rebuild.
1: All right, Gino, so we talked about the philosophy and the strategy the Eagles should have heading into next week's free agency period. Now we'll get into some specifics coming up next in segments two and three. We're going to talk about some offensive playmakers, some offensive pieces, whether it's on the offensive line, quarterbacks, tight ends, running backs, receivers, you name it, that the Eagles could target in the free agent pool, and then we'll do defense on tomorrow's edition of Lockdown. Eagles don't go anywhere, guys. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, today's edition of Lockdown Eagles is sponsored by betonline.ag. Betonline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball and the NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code LockedOn. that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Eagles fans, welcome into this Tuesday edition of Lockdown Eagles. Me and Gino are going to now preview the free agent class that the Eagles could target next week, but we're going to do the offensive side of the ball today and defense tomorrow. So, Gino, we talked about the philosophy. I think we both agree the Eagles should target on the 17th some, I think, younger free agents that you can backload contracts for that fit your timeline. But at the same time, if there is second and third tier veterans that you can bring in on cheap deals, there is still a place for that player in a rebuild. Let's get into now some specific names to look at. And I look at number one, the guy that I've mentioned a boatload of times on this podcast. It is the wide receiver position I want to focus on. And look, I think wide receiver one, Gino you're going to likely find through the draft whether that's Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle, Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, or maybe it's Jalen Rager, but you're I love need, that
0: you included yeah, Kyle Pitts I did in that you, sentence You, you guys, are there. thank you that, so yes. much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you guys convinced me that he he's not just a tight end gadget player; that he is a receiver. So I threw him in there as well. But like, even if they find that player through the draft or through Jalen Rager taking a step in year two. The Eagles are going to need multiple receivers added this year. You have no idea what you're going to get out of Rager next year, out of Travis Fulgham, who we talked about on Saturday, Quez Watkins, John Hightower. You're going to need at least one more starter, even if one or two of those guys pan out, and you might need two. And so I think you focus on mostly the X position and the slot with Jalen Rager potentially being your Z next year. I would love Kenny Galladay. I'd love to trade for Odell Beckham if you didn't have to give up picks and didn't didn't have to give him a big contract. But I look more at what we described as the fit for the Eagles at free agency, like what kind of free agent fits. And I think Curtis Samuel makes just so much sense, man. I mean, Spot Track right now has his contract estimated around $12 million a year. I just think he's a perfect fit for Sirianni's offense. This is a horizontal and vertical player deep threat run after the catch nightmare in the screen game reverses pre snap motion he plays a lot at running back as well and he's not just a gadget player man like heading into december last year he had the highest catch rate in the nfl at 91 percent. i just think curtis samuel makes so much sense
0: the, the thing with that is is that you said his contract is valued yeah. at 12 million dollars you would have to backload the heck out of it and he would fall into that first tier for me. Honestly, I feel like he's so? one of the big mm. uh, dude. I I feel like Samuel's gonna get paid. Oh, I feel man. like in that system he wasn't used up to his potential. I wish Dylan
1: didn't get tagged in Chris
0: Godwin because that would kind of push him down the list. Exactly. I, I mean, see yeah. that that's another thing. And are the Ugh. Eagles going to double up in terms of drafting one at six and paying big money to a guy? Mm-hmm. That that's the question. But if you are going to do it, that's the perfect player to do it for, right? Because he fits exactly what you want and you could toss him in the slot. He's not going to be an X, but he's going to be in basically everything type of receiver that can do exactly what you want to do in Sirianni's offense. And if you want to get the ball out quick to players in space from Jalen Hurts so he doesn't have to make multiple Mm -hmm. reads, Curtis Samuel is your guy. I I, I don't think it's the worst idea in the world to just make a call, see what the market is, see if you could backload that deal maybe 2 years those big yeah. those void years that howie loves to do on those mm-hmm. contracts i mean you are kicking the can down the road but hey consistency is everything so howie just keep kicking the can down the road at this rate and that would be one guy that you could look in regards to that but if i'm looking at the second and third tier yeah i have two or three names especially because they're they kind of fit a need for what we have a a, a route running type of wide receiver that can just be a consistent just move-the-ball type of guy, average eight yards of reception. I'm looking at three names in that second and third tier. One guy that we talked about on the show last year, Demarcus Robinson from the Chiefs, Mm -hmm. Chris Conley from the Jaguars, and Keelan Cole from the Jaguars. I'm
1: glad you mentioned Keelan
0: Cole. I think Keelan Cole is a name that has been talked about in trade discussions to Philadelphia on the quiet over the last two years. I've heard – Multiple discussions about that, and I've read multiple things about that as well. He is a guy that fits exactly what you want. He doesn't fit in in that room anymore with what they have in Jacksonville. And much like Curtis Samuel, he's the odd guy out in Jacksonville. But the thing is, he's not going to generate as big of a market. But at the same time, he still flashes when he's healthy. When he's healthy, he's the best receiver on the field, in my opinion, for Jacksonville. And he could be a guy that, for what? Three and a half, four million dollars, maybe five on the high end for a one year deal to be a consistent route runner to come in and get 30, 40 receptions and teach that young room who he still is a young player. I mean, he's only. 25 or 26 if i'm not right. mistaken so he's a guy that could fit in there be on a one-year prove-it deal or if you want to take the lesser of the options which i would say demarcus robinson and chris conley would be both of those guys have played for good teams conley played for the chiefs i mean demarcus robinson plays for the chiefs currently and he's a free agent going in to this season they're young players both guys are kind of move-the-ball type players, those eight, nine-yard routes, those intermediate areas, which you're going to need guys that can do that. And Keelan Cole's 28, excuse me, he's a little older than I thought. But at the same time, that second and third tier, you're looking at guys in that realm that aren't going to generate a contract for four or five years like a 24 or 25-year-old would, but you could still pay them two to three years or even just a one-year deal to be a reliable player and – Just be a consistent fourth or fifth wide receiver when you need, and in times when your room is injured, he could be that second or third guy in one or two games per year. Yeah, I think that makes sense,
1: especially like you mentioned, doubling down. So, if you were planning on taking, if Jalen Hurts is the guy, and you were planning on targeting a playmaker, whether that's, you know, Chase, Waddle, Smith, or Pitts, then it would make more sense probably to do what you're doing here, what you're describing, or even like. You can consider even buying low on maybe like Sammy Watkins. I mean, he's still only 28. I I know he can't stay healthy, but like, I mean, Gino, we saw what he could do in the Super Bowl a couple years ago too. Um, But if they do still think about taking a quarterback, you're going to need to bring in another receiver. And so I still think Curtis Samuel could make sense, but yeah, those are the receivers to keep an eye out for in free agency. I don't think they're going to go for somebody like Kenny Galladay. I think that's a massive contract that just this team is – not going to pay. And even again, when they have cap space, Gino, they even don't really bring in that kind of free agent, even when they do have space.
0: So, right. but um, hey, give me Curtis Samuel, yeah, pair dude, him with Kyle know. Pitts. I mean, the dream That's is a good yeah, like,
1: can you imagine Rager at the Z, Curtis Samuel in the slot, and then you have like Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts at the X? I mean,
0: <laughs> you're complimenting. I mean, if you go Pitts, I'd I say you're addressing two needs at once with tight end and wide receiver position. Mm. And then Samuel is complimenting what Pitts cannot do. He does those short to intermediate areas. Yep. I mean he's going to be a guy that wins more against zone and off coverage while Pitts is your man-beater. And right. Jalen Rager at times could also be your X receiver when called upon and then let Samuel do his thing. And Pitts but if and Samuel win,
1: can line up everywhere. Gina. like Maybe right, some exactly. people think they're both slot guys for the Eagles. No, I think Pitts, like you said, we were talking about it on Twitter the other day with some of our listeners – he could play the X. Samuel could play inside. You might have Curtis Samuel in the backfield at times, like Carolina did, and Pitts is on the X. Those two, you could move around the formation. That would be really fun to see how you could kind of play with those two on this on this offense.
0: Right, but the thing is, like, if you're picking Devon, uh yeah, Devonta Smith, for example, you're mm-hmm. not going to pay Curtis Samuel because no. they're yeah. they're along the same lines of the same type of player. But if you go out and get Pitts, who's that bigger body guy, six foot six, absolute freak, should be playing in the NBA. That's a compliment that I would be willing to to make a call on and see if you can make some money move around to make that happen.
1: Gino, what about? I'm thinking about running back. And during our mock draft Mondays lately, over the past month, me and you have kind of had the strategy of like round four, round five, we start talking about a player like you know Kylan Hill um, or like Jarrett Patterson as like that number two rotational guy behind Miles Sanders with Boston Scott, what about a like a buy low veteran free agent that was with Nick Sirianni in Indianapolis? Somebody like Marlon Mack I think might be the perfect complement to Sanders because you already have the receivers and Sanders and Scott in the backfield. And let's say you brought in like a Curtis Samuel. That's another player you could use in the backfield. I think you need more of like what Jordan Howard did for this team in 2019. So maybe somebody like Marlon Mack would make sense.
0: I think Marlon Mack is a very good compliment there. Yeah. And with Jonathan Taylor, you don't have that need there anymore. No. And in Naeem Himes, yeah. And Naeem Himes, that's a yeah. very good compliment. Those two, Marlon Mack was kind of drafted at that time to do a lot of what Jonathan Taylor does, but Jonathan Taylor obviously is a much better talent right. than Marlon yeah. Mack. But for yep. Philadelphia, where you have a need for a number three running back, I would say, or a number two B running to fill that role of taking on the first and second down carries, while Boston Scott could be your third down guy if Miles is out. Marlon Mack is a perfect, perfect complement to be that short yardage back, be somebody that can run those inside zones. He's familiar with the system coming from Sariani's offense, so it would be a perfect connect-the-dots type of signing, and it would fill a need where you would no longer, or you could either put it off till maybe – the sixth or seventh round of this draft, drafting a running back. Because right now I would say you might have to look at drafting a running back in the fourth or fifth round if you don't fill that Mm -hmm. need in free agency. But if you do and draft a guy or get a guy like Marlon Mack, who you could definitely get on the cheap, you could probably wait until the end of day three or that priority free agent period to see what's left in this deep running back class to try and bring in another guy. And that's what they've been doing with the likes of bringing in Huntley. They also have Holyfield on the roster. So bringing in a a low profile free agent, I would say. I don't think Mack is in that top tier. I think he's right in that second and third tier, which we're talking about. I I believe he is arguably, if you were to put a fit for a free agent right now, that's one of the top 10 for me. I, I think Marlon Mack is a perfect example of putting a free agent in the right situation, on the low, moving to an organization where the offensive coordinator who was calling plays for him the last couple of years is now the head coach. So I just, to me, it's perfect.
1: I just remember when Sanders went down last year, you could not rely on Boston Scott and Corey Clement mm-hmm. to be a one-two punch.
0: No, definitely, and, and we were hoping that that would happen. Yeah. Boston can do it for a little bit, Mm -hmm. He just can't do it for a full game. I mean, he could do it 10 to 12 carries, but he can't do it 20 to 25 carries, which Miles can. If he had that many touches, we know he could do that. Corey Clement couldn't get it done. He wasn't his 2017 self. So now it's time to actually fill that role so that you can let Miles get back to who he was. I mean, he wasn't the same dude in the passing game. I mean, he had a lot of responsibilities in the run game, which he didn't have his rookie season. So you have to put the onus back on that running back room to help out Miles by bringing in more talent to back him up.
1: I know Kyle Pitts, like he's the he's the apple of your eye right now. Let's say they don't take Pitts in the first round, they might need to bring in. They're going to need to bring in another tight end if Zach Ertz is going to get traded or released. Trey Burton's a free agent. He was on the Colts with yes Sirianni. He's a former Eagle. Maybe bring back uh, Mister Philly Special.
0: Yeah, I thought he was another one that would be a very good fit. And you look at the perfect situation. He's still young. Mm-hmm. He knows this city. He's going to teach that young room along with Dale Goddard the right way to learn. He's going to be the number two that you want. He can block. He can go out and catch passes. And he's just going to do everything you need your tight end to do. And that tight end is that Brent Selleck role, which we've always looked for. And that's a need in this offense. And especially even if you did draft Kyle Pitts. Sure, because he's going to play receiver a lot of the time. (laughs) Exactly. He's going to be flexed out wide a majority of the time. Trey Burton's a perfect guy to be your number two or number three tight end. So two great examples. I thought you killed it right there. And if I had to bring in two other guys that Mm -hmm. are kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum at a position that, I would say is more important than all of these positions that we've been talking about. I think bringing in either Cam Newton or RG three to be the backups. Okay, to Jalen Hurts. <laughs> now we're talking. Would be, I mean, you have to bring in somebody, Lou. Yeah, you you can't have a young group. If I believe that Jacoby Brissett might get high backup money from a team with a, a rookie quarterback right now, in my opinion, and I just don't think Philly has the the money to do that or I mean I I don't think they're going to get a high-end backup in my opinion and you're going to have to look into some of those veteran minimum guys and guys that run what you expect Jalen Hurts to run Mm -hmm. and you don't expect RG3 or Cam Newton to push the ball down the field if they had to play one or two games a year but they could help him diagnose a defense learn the ways to understand a defense I mean heck even if Jameis Winston is on the cheap Somebody like him, Lou. I mean, somebody that has just been around good quarterbacks and played in systems and has adapted to multiple different teams. And all of those guys fit into that mold and I think would be a great instructor to Jalen Hurts. And I think that's what your backup quarterback needs to be, that Ryan Fitzpatrick role that he has taken on so many times. You're going to have to look at one of these guys who has to accept that they aren't the guy anymore, which RG three knows that he has been for quite some time. Yeah. I think Cam Newton's in that part of his career where he's ready to accept that. See,
1: I'm nervous about Cam though, man, because he's such an alpha that I, I just don't want to create the same environment as last year. Because that's Jalen Hurts too. Like he, the locker room gravitates towards right. You would him.
0: have to do a lot of digging on that. Yeah. And, like really see if he- I like your
1: logic though. Like I, I mean RG three. I mean those kind of guys make a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, I think RG three would honestly be a pretty good example of somebody to bring in because look at the effect he had on Lamar Jackson, man. And that was seamless when he had to come in there in those one or two games when Lamar was out. And I think he would be a seamless transition from Jalen to RG3. You could just have him run a lot of those quick out routes, get a lot of those read options, which we've seen Jalen do. And Jalen Hurts likes to go on the move a lot. He's going to get hit often. You have to have a guy that can play and bringing in a, fourth or fifth round rookie if you don't draft a quarterback high this year isn't even going to allow Mm. you to evaluate a lot of that young talent and I keep going back to that because if you're just putting out young players Lou just hiring those 12 electricians you're never going to see if your house can actually be worth anything if you actually have assets at the wide receiver position at the running back position if your offensive line is worth a dang You have to have a guy that could come in and play, and that's why I look at that mold of an RG3 type of player to come in and be that leader. The the Padawan learner would be Jalen Hurts, and the Jedi would be... I mean, I wouldn't say he's much of a Jedi anymore, (laughs) but he's an old, washed-up Obi-Wan Kenobi, I would say, at this point, in RG3, but still somebody that can implement those ideologies on how to learn Monday through Saturday. You no longer have those Josh McCowns of the world... You have to go out and get somebody that can do that, and I, I think there are plenty of guys in this free agent pool that could be able to do that. And it starts with RG three, who's done it with Lamar Jackson. And I think it's a it's a very good transition to move from a player like Lamar to Jalen Hurts and be the backup for both of those guys.
1: A lot of awesome names to consider at quarterback that we listed, running back, receiver, tight end. When we come back, we've got one more segment here. We're going to talk about some internal in-house free agents the eagles could consider re-signing that's coming up next right here on lockdown eagles ladies and gentlemen today's show is sponsored by rockauto.com one reason to repair and to maintain your car is to save money that you can then use for other important things like the mortgage or food why would you choose to spend 30 50 100 more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, while rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're always reliably low. It's a family business that's been serving auto part customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Make sure you go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. Make sure you write down LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, Eagles fans, we are wrapping up this Tuesday edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. You know, we talked a lot about offensive free agents the Eagles could consider signing starting next Thursday when the free agent window opens on the 17th. Internally, they don't really have a ton of offensive free agents. You look at some guys like Nate Sudfeld, Corey Clement, Richard Rogers. Is there anyone you think they should re-sign? I'd like... I mean, we talked about like bringing back somebody like Trey Burton as a second or third tight end. I think Richard Rodgers actually played pretty well last year when he had to, so maybe Rodgers you bring back for depth.
0: Yeah, no, that's exactly why I honestly didn't name another tight end because I believe that they will bring back Richard Rodgers. I thought they, if they wanted to move on from him, they would have let him walk Mm -hmm. when they let him go the last time. But then they even signed him back, and he played pretty decent football for a little bit of that. Great hands, man.
1: Like he's reliable.
0: Yeah, he that he's falls into that exact category that we talk about, Lou. If Dallas Goddard goes down for a game, and you just need a guy to catch two or three passes at the tight end position, and you have a rookie that can get the rest of the load in Kyle Pitts or if you draft one in the second or third round, let's say, Richard Rodgers can be that guy that can both block and has had some big-time receptions last year. I mean, he was Wentz's most reliable target for a few games Mm -hmm. throughout that stretch. So he's a good example. I, I think he's out of those three that you mentioned and outside of the exclusive rights for agents that they already had signed in uh, mm-hmm. Austin Scott and Greg Ward. I think that Richard Rogers falls right into that territory of the theme of our show today.
1: Yeah, I think, man, I love Corey Clement. I have a hoodie. <laughs> I have his name on the back his of the hoodie. His time has come, man. He's, yeah, it's he just doesn't like, have it, man. He, he was a hero for you in the biggest game in franchise history. But yeah, you just you look at him and it's probably the injuries, but he just hasn't had it really since, honestly, that that game in the Super Bowl.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and running back, is there's too many of them on rosters and practice squads to sit around and just sit on your hands. I mean, look at Boston Scott. They signed him from the Saints practice squad, and he's come here and made an impact. And soon there will be another guy. There will be another Josh Adams of Eagles lore that we're talking about. And, yeah, I saw him on the free agency list. (laughs) So it just reminded me that a lot of these positions are going to fill through the draft as well. And it's always indicative what they do in free agency, Lou than what they do and turn around and do in the draft. Because we've seen them double up in free agency, go into the draft and draft those same positions that they just signed a few weeks later. And a position like running back where they had a huge need, it was very telling that they were going to draft one in that class where they drafted Miles. And look what they did. They went out and drafted one in the second round with a very important pick. So you could see a lot, especially in these next few days, once we see the final cap numbers, which should Mm -hmm. be released within a day or two, Once we see this free agent pool, which is going to be massive, really lay and become what it is, and once the dust settles, you're going to be digging in a gold mine in this free agency period. Let me tell you, there are going to be so many guys that you see – And already today, Malcolm Butler is released. You look at him, you're like, man, like he was just a Super Bowl hero a couple years ago. He was one of the top 30-rated cornerbacks, according to PFF this year. He's going to get signed. There's going to be a lot of guys like that that fall off of these rosters due to their contracts. Right now is where your pro scouting department makes money. And I'm excited for the next couple weeks because it'll put another— blueprint forward of what our plan is and we were talking about it once doug was fired what is the plan Mm -hmm. here's another step closer to seeing what that end result of this plan is
1: we're going to find out and tomorrow we'll continue to preview it we're going to talk about defensive free agents so ladies and gentlemen be sure to subscribe to lockdown eagles on any podcast platform and follow us on twitter at lockdown birds at tblc loe at gc24 underscore football. For my co-host, Gino Camilleri, I'm Ludi Biassi signing off. This has been your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, Locked on Eagles. As always, thank you for downloading, thank you for listening, and let's go birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.